0: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to not welcome back. This is our first episode. So welcome to the first episode of Remembering Palestine. This is M, my nickname, and my beautiful, amazing co-host.
1: <laughs> um, hi, I'm Luna. And today's episode is going to be about discriminatory laws to against Palestinians issued by the state of Israel. Um, we use this, the term Israel and the state of Israel with very, like, loose effects, in a sense. We're just stating it for the purpose of explaining who discriminates against the Palestinian people and why, why they do it. <laughs> or just, you know, it just makes the conversation
0: easier when, you know, we're, we have two definite sides, you know, that we're explaining. Because if we just use Palestine to refer to Israel as a whole, then... It doesn't really make sense because the laws are not being made by palestinians they're being made by the heads of the israeli state
1: okay. <laughs> if that makes sense yeah it will be confusing like oh why are they hurting themselves i um, no exactly
0: exactly like it's it's not palestine making the laws against palestinians it's the state of israel doing it so please, we're getting out of the way because we don't want to see any um, frustration in the comments saying there is no such thing as Israel, which we can get into on another podcast, um, if that's interesting to anyone. But let's move on to the actual topic at hand, which is discriminatory, discriminatory laws against Palestinians. So, yeah, let's get started.
1: <laughs> hey, so, um. I had to do some research about this because I thought I understood a lot of laws, but there are so many laws that I found out through Al Jazeera or Amnesty or even the, um, the UN and their reports, and I learned a lot, and I found out that there are more than six, well, it's debated upon 65 to 76 laws that were appointed by the State of Israel and approved to be Targeted against um Palestinians in Israel and the occupied territories. And I think that really shocked me because like seeing a figure and a number, like really was like, wow, like that's a lot of laws to be like against a certain group of people. And not a lot of them are well known, but a lot of them like actually affect Palestinians day to day and it affects their lives and their economies and their struggle. And it puts them at just a vulnerability compared to the rest of the people living in Palestine. So yeah, it was really shocking and actually like I expected it, but I didn't think it would be this many. Yeah,
0: um also there's like this um website called Adala. I-, I think it's an Israeli um group and basically they have a website and you can even just like write discriminatory laws in Israel and they have like a whole list of laws and then you can click on each law and they like give you an explanation of like who what it's about the year it was made and and whatnot and these are like recent laws you know it's not like oh it's an outdated law like these are like 2016 2020 you know and these keep being renewed so there's like no excuse for it Um, so we're obviously not going to talk about every single one because I personally don't know (laughs) that many or I'm not too like maybe I should have done more prep, but we'll, we'll talk about, you know, the basic most known ones, maybe some other ones that we came across. So, yeah.
1: And like, like Em said, a lot of these laws are really new. They're not like when the whole state of Israel was beginning or the, you know, these are new, like more than half of these laws were adopted since the early 2000s. And from 2009 to present day elections, they have, it's becoming more increased in, with these laws being approved um, and a lot of these laws are supported by the prime ministers and the elected officials and the general public I think also like from what I've read has supported these laws because again like this is all for the sake of creating a whole Jewish nation state and it's it's sort of meant to like I guess in a certain way like appease to one group and not to another or like to benefit a group and not and I guess it just puts people at a more disadvantage and the people that are re- receiving that disadvantage would be the Palestinians whether it be with settlement laws or just how they're affected from traveling or going back home so yeah I feel like I'm gonna go on a tangent I warn everybody I go on tangents and like I rant so much so that's a warning <laughs>
0: I don't know that's good I mean the most basic I guess um law is like the one that most people think of when they think of like I guess unfair um you know laws (laughs) is the um the right of return law so obviously when it comes to the right of return law regarding Palestinians it's there's no such thing there's no law in place that allows Palestinians um who have either grandparents or parents or family from palestine who were made refugees to return whereas this law obviously exists for jewish people all over the world so you know it's the like aliyah in hebrew is like being able to return to like your homeland um and in english it's called the the right of return Land. so basically like, that's the most fundamental unfair discriminatory law is the fact that you know jews from anywhere can return um have the right of return but palestinians don't have this right and this is like one of the main problems of like why there is such a big problem you know um a refugee problem for palestinians
1: yeah that's like um honestly that is a bit i think like that's a good point to add on because like that is something that would affect and causes such a big disadvantage and I think another law that's sort of like that is the right to acquire and lease land and it's basically a really basic law and it was it was um, put in in 1960 and it's basically the ownership of Israeli lands um, that are controlled by the state so basically a majority of the land within Palestine is controlled by the state and it can only be transferred between three entities knowing that the well I okay I didn't okay so I wrote these in my notes and I did not I should have introduced this term but the Jewish National Fund um JNF Mm -hmm. and basically they are they have a large majority of land and they are they have they are a large power and they have a lot of influence and they are the ones that can lease land to and they can own land but only to Jews so Mm -hmm. they but you can't be like a Palestinian that could do that I don't know if you can be like a Palest like you could I guess be a Palestinian Jew and you could like some sense be that, but I think it's just meant for like Jews, not just Catholic, not Catholic.
0: well. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't really count when people say like, "Oh, but you're Palestinian Jew." To them, you're Israeli, you're Jew. It doesn't matter. So I wouldn't really consider like um in terms of like legally, I wouldn't consider um, well,
1: like I was a like Jew that
0: identifies as Palestinian as the same as a Palestinian because
1: like I mean, so you know, like because when I was reading this, they said like Israeli israeli citizens and i know that there are like israeli palestinians and i was like well, i wonder if they would be considered in that one too but then when i was reading more i found out that i guess it was only jews so i'm assuming we just have to go off your religion not your like actual citizenship
0: yeah or you like your ethnicity nationality whatever. yeah um I Guess it's considered that. Yeah. And about the JNF, I just don't remember. I got like a flashback because I went to like a Jewish elementary school. So I remember like um every year they would like pass by and like give us like papers, like uh, envelopes where we could like donate money. They're like, bring it back to your parents. And they would like try to suck money from us every year. <laughs> and yeah,
1: they're like, Yeah, Jewish National Fund. Well, what Bing is the money. I didn't I didn't go into the Jew uh, the Jewish National Fund way too much. So basically, what do they do? Like, they based, are they like a part of the government or are they their own type of organization? Like, what are they necessarily?
0: I think it's it's just like um it's a private a private nonprofit organization they call it, and like what I remember as a kid, they're just like we want to plant trees. <laughs> That's how they told us. Maybe that was just like an oversimplification of um what they do, but basically they buy land they own land and they, they they build trees and I don't know
1: what else they do like you you kind of went into it um so basically they from what my notes say guys and this and I'll source this I got this from an Al Jazeera um sort of it's a documentary that they have about Palestinian discrimination but they also have articles like a bunch and one of them was just talking about this, but basically they control large entities of land, and they have the ownership to lease, but with the condition that it be to Jews only, going back to the right of acquire that was passed in 1960 by the state of Israel.
0: Yeah, and they, they I know that they do they did like um, buy like lands, um, what they call like absentee lands. You know, for example, uh palestinians who were forced out of their lands their homes uh the state of israel just like acquired their lands and they're like okay well these are absentee lands they belong to no one who wants to buy them <laughs> so basically the jnf and other organizations um i'm not sure of like which organizations exactly but had purchased these lands and then basically when let's say a palestinian wanna come back and be like okay hey, this is my house they're like nope i bought it <laughs> so
1: yeah that's pretty pretty much and like to tie back like I what I found really shocking about this is that 93% of the line in Israel is public but it belongs to the state the JNF um, or the development authority and I thought that was like crazy to think like it's public but it belongs to only these three and you have to buy it and maintain it through these three um organizations and I was like that's really crazy because like that's not something that you see like it everywhere I think you'd only sort of see that in like controlled areas within the state of Israel
0: yeah like these organizations like um I can't think of the top of my head if there's other organizations and like their primary purpose um when they like on their websites and their mission is basically the reclamation of land for Jewish people and that's that's in their like description you know, like it's called the Jewish National Fund. So it's, it's specifically for Jews.
1: Yeah. And that's like, honestly, that ties back to a lot of them, like a lot of their mission statements sort of do talk about that. And like, within the article that I read, it said that like, um, I think it was about 80% of the land, Palestinian citizens are blocked from leasing, and they're all controlled by the state. Mm-hmm. i thought like uh, that's like crazy and i think like there, i wrote this down somewhere but i can't find it there is like um there is a law like there is like it's against like there's a certain law that they are breaching with that like within the world court that they could i guess like someone could take up but like that is illegal to do like you cannot like take someone's home and then do that like that is Absolutely illegal. And it drives me crazy that no one's actually like done anything about it. And that like these organizations are still allowed to go around and be like, we're planting trees, donate, even though they're like prospering to something completely illegal and like so wrong on so many levels.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, like you said, they only Jews can buy or or mortgage release land from the JNF, and even if it's an arab citizen of israel they cannot and they're like yeah well we're a private organization we can do what we want we this is our purpose you know we don't we don't we don't hate arabs we don't have problems but this is a jewish organization and for jews okay, <laughs> and that's how they make it sound like not bad you know they're like oh no it's just just because we're jewish yes, it's guys, jews, it's just you know? yeah, yeah no but i
1: have a question so like Okay, so I don't know if like you ever want to dive into this, but M, you were Jewish before, and then you converted. So what if you had owned like a house and then you converted? What would happen? Honestly, I don't know. Like
0: if I, I think once I, I buy it, I mean, you can't do much, right? If I were to already, I don't know, honestly. <laughs> but I do know that now, for example, if I, after I convert, I think they're just like, yeah, you lose your rights to do that, maybe. I don't know.
1: That's so I I don't know. That's, okay, that's really crazy, like, to think, like, even though you were born Jewish, and, like, I personally believe, and from what understanding is, like, to be Jewish is, like, a religion but an ethnicity, but, like, but because... also how they see it, I mean, because if if you want to, like, make Ali
0: have the right of return, you have to prove, like, that you're Jewish ethnically. You have to, like, prove Jewish ancestry. So, like, obviously, converting... Out of it doesn't affect your ancestry, but actually, I think I did read up about it. And like, if if you're of a different religion, it doesn't apply, like the um the right of return.
1: Okay, so so you couldn't like it doesn't affect you or it does affect you. Sorry, I'm a bit slow. It, so. I'm not it, it does.
0: Sorry, I'm no, I just wasn't clear. Um, for Jews who convert to other religions, they can't have the right of return. That's but they they wouldn't necessarily know, you know what I mean? Because like, there's no document when you convert that like, goes on, like, like in like Western countries, <laughs> it's okay, not so a thing.
1: Purchase it like technically, like from a Western country, like they're not gonna check. I mean, they probably could check, but like, yeah, okay, that makes. Yeah, I remember crazy. I read it somewhere, but I can't even
0: like. I re- I can't remember. I remember I read it somewhere, and I was like, oh, damn.
1: <laughs> so then how do they like oh my god I don't even want to get into that because I was thinking that's such like like that has to be like that means like now that I'm thinking about because when I read that they're blocked from 80 percent of the land and the 80 percent that they're blocked from is controlled by the state like that makes like like that's like where do they all live like I know the West Bank I know there are certain areas but that must displace like so many people and that like that makes so much sense why there are so many refugees but like when you see that 80%, like, in writing, I think that's, like, what shocked me the most. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's a lot of land to displace, like, Indigenous people from. Yeah, so
0: you're, wait, you're sorry. Could you, like, repeat? Like, you're saying 80% is owned by the
1: state. Yeah, there's 80%. As of as of uh, when this article was published, which I think was last year, um, 80% of the land in Palestine is controlled by the state, according to Adalah. Which I think is the uh, Adalia. So and and like this is from the Al Jazeera do, um documentary and from their articles that they post. The and, Ila, yeah, the the Israeli land and that, But that like that that drives me crazy. Like to think that like all those people like because like it's not like it's just ten people that are like hurt by this. Like generation upon generation of people are affected by this and it displaces them for like. Ever like forever like it's always gonna affect them somehow, so I don't know. That's crazy to me.
0: Yeah, it's it's like I guess they can, so like they can like rent, but they can't buy the lands.
1: Even but like but that's ugh, I don't even that's like weird though. Like I don't. No, know. no obviously I'm so not. Normal. No, no, not for me. No, no, I just like I'm wrapping my head. Like I wrote the eighty percent right, but I didn't think that deep about it. But when we're discussing, I'm like. Eight, like i'm thinking like because i'm libyan and i'm like wait 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 what the it like the, the italians still like were colonizing us and we could not own our land and we had only like like out of 100 like 20 percent to rule like what would we do with ourselves like how mm-hmm. would we become so that's why i think i'm thinking about it so deep oh my god this is crazy that number is ridiculous okay yeah 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 that, that's really bad <laughs> yeah and like <laughs> we were talking about the right to return and basically I think that the property law was passed in 1950 and it basically affects yeah go ahead I heard you say you wanted to say something oh no I didn't say that that was my my tear creaking (laughs) um my so from what I understand and please someone like correct me if I'm wrong Um, The law was passed in 1950 and basically Palestinian refugees expelled after November 29th, 1947 are absentees, which you sort of explained, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: are denied any rights in their land, houses, apartments, and bank accounts. And a key thing here, I knew about the land, I knew about homes, because like growing up, you know, we have Palestinians in our community and it's really important for them to like share their experiences and their families' struggles with us. So like we heard about this and my parents would tell me like, you know, this, this, that, this, this, and this, but I never knew about bank accounts. I don't know why, but I just blocked out, like, I was like, oh, they probably just have their money under their mattress and took it with them, like, like, I didn't, like, think about it, and when I wrote bank accounts, I starred that, and I was like, okay, that's something to discuss, because, like, you're literally taking, like, you're displacing, like, a whole family, like, just taking their finances, taking their wealth, Taking their land you're leaving them with absolutely nothing and giving them nothing in return like they're not compensated they are not given um they're not given any place to stay by the israeli state they are not given that money back in compensation and on top of that they are now refugees so and they're stateless considerably they're considered stateless at this point so i i don't know that was crazy to me to think like oh my god like how is this even a law and how is this like how do how do like world powers allow that yeah, I
0: think like the, the bank accounts were were frozen, and they're like, oh, but it's like different money is not our banks. Is that it was like uh, I I don't know. Yeah, after after the the British mandate of Palestine was no longer a thing, and Israel, the state of Israel, became the state of Israel in nineteen forty eight. Um, they they like ordered all the the banks within like. The territory to like freeze all the accounts of um like Palestinian Arab Palestinian accounts. So I don't I don't know how like I don't even know like how these things like are allowed to happen. It's just kind of shocking and it is how there's like no awareness of these things and like it's just like messed up. There's like so many bad things that we just don't know <laughs> that most people don't know. and it's like it gets worse. Like it really does once you like dig into it, it just gets worse,
1: yeah. So I don't know, the right of return, these and like the eighty percent and the bank accounts, all of these like are just crazy to me. Like how are we running? like because, okay, Israel has always been or the state of Israel has always been considered to be the the democracy hub or like the America of the Middle East, right? So, mm-hmm. I don't. From my like, I correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I understand of democracy and liberalism, this is not democracy. Like this is not even like close to freedom. Like this is this is like a regime. Like this is like a state-run operation to basically wipe wipe out or cause like some type of like harm to a certain group of people. Because if you're displacing and then putting them at a disadvantage, this this is like that's not okay. (laughs) I'm ranting. Not okay.
0: it's it's really sad and it's just like even like the the right of return I guess like related to that there's like um you know like how if you marry someone you can like bring them over yeah So like if you're a citizen um basically this you can marry someone and bring them over so this is (laughs) applicable but under certain conditions so basically if you're like a muslim palestinian citizen of israel and you want to bring over your your husband or wife from um, the west bank or even another muslim majority country it's not an automatic like thing you know you don't automatically pass on your citizenship which is not the same for like um if you're jewish and you you invite someone let's say from canada you can marry someone they'll automatically get citizenship but that's not the case Um, if, you, if you're a Palestinian, you marry another Palestinian, let's say. So, and it just keeps being renewed um, uh, like every year basically. So I just got re- renewed this year in January. And I remember when I made like a, a tweet, uh, I mean, a TikTok about it, like it was like right after it expired because you know how laws expire and they have to get renewed. So I made the, the TikTok right after it expired. Uh, just the timing, I guess, was it right? And then someone's like, oh, well, that's an old law. The law expired, blah, blah, blah. And just like two weeks later, it was renewed. And I was like, well, there you go. (laughs) Like, that's an old law. They don't do that anymore. So you agree that it's bad, right? And then once it's like, oh, oh, no, no, but there's actually a reason No, no, it's actually a fear. You you know, it's just that kind of stuff. And most people didn't even believe it. They're like, no, it's not true. I'm like, "Um, it's not an opinion. This is a law. And it's not like a rumor either. It's like, you know, go on the Knesset website, the Israeli government website, like they have the law written on their website. It's like an official law. It's not an opinion.
1: It is. And I think like a lot of people don't understand that. Like when I explain, like, I think in one time in my class, I explained like how, you know, for Palestinians in the West Bank, if they need medical treatment or if they, even if they just want to visit family, they have to get a visa or they have to get permission to leave the West Bank. And like, even Mm -hmm. just explaining that to people, like, well, is it, well, if it's their land, they don't need like permission, but I'm like, yeah, but you're on, like, you're being occupied. Like you don't have Mm -hmm. freedom of movement. You don't have the freedom of like a lot of options. And then they Mm -hmm. were surely, like, if you need medical treatment, you could go. I'm like, no, no, no. You have, like, if you you could be dying on your deathbed. And if you don't get approval, like approval, you're not going anywhere. Like It's like that bad. And then people are like, no, you're just exaggerating. Oh, man yeah
0: um it, it's just crazy and they're just like yeah but you know because there's a risk for for like you know terrorism so it's just that whole um like what's it called collective punishment thing it's like oh because you know sometimes there are you know attacks from people from the west bank it's like how about like we just say no we we just c- c- consider every single um palestinian a terrorist so you know yeah if you're canadian you're good you're good you're good like Innocent till proven guilty, but then when you're Palestinian, it's like it's guilty until proven innocent, you know. That's
1: yeah, it's like hmm, hey, are you and it? It? I don't know. Let's just let's wait it out. Let's see, let's just try it out. That's basically the mindset for that one. Exactly. But,
0: but, but yeah. if you're Palestinian, it's guilty until proven innocent. It's like you will be seen as a suspect until you are cleared as not a suspect <laughs>
1: and like, there's no like even like it, it can be anyone and what like you we see like on like a lot of like i don't know on twitter that's where i'm usually at i see a lot of children now being detained and it's like these like sometimes you'll see a six-year-old and you'll be like what is a six-year-old gonna do like i really doubt a six-year-old's gonna do anything but like they have them handcuffed like and they and like it's just like sometimes mm-hmm. it's really weird like this kid hasn't killed anyone there's no like proof at all that they're being treated, pushed around like a like a full-grown man or woman and it's like like that's not okay like that's really bad but I think it also desensitizes people like to see that regularly because now I see it and I'm like oh great another like another person's being detained or another kid's being detained and like I've thought about this like it desensitizes us so much because we're so used to seeing this type of like brutality and it's like not okay
0: yeah it's really also when my husband and I got married it was just funny thing to know um like they automatically gave him a form to like you know so he can ask for citizenship and honestly I don't know how it would work because I mean I don't know if 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 the lie would apply, apply apply to him or not because, I mean, I'm Jewish, but not and this and that, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, like one of the things, like, when you had to answer, um, like, you had to, like, check or agree with, like, things that would say, like, I will not, I, like, promise or something to never harm the Jewish nation or something like that, or, and, <laughs> and another one was, like, yeah, I will not, accept citizenship from an enemy state you know basically like other arab states Um, (laughs) stuff like that like the one that made me laugh so hard was the the like i have never and will never harm the jewish nation i was like okay (laughs) not the jewish state the jewish nation the jewish people you know
1: That brings up a good point. And I know we talked about, we're talking about discriminatory laws, but like we, honestly, this, I have this question. I've always wondered this. Like, I know like when, like, okay, like if let's say my parents were, I mean, mom wasn't Muslim. Like, let's just say I know that in Islam, I'd become Muslim because of my dad. But I know with Judaism, if your mom isn't Muslim or like if your mom is Jewish, you're Jewish. But does that work for like the ethnicity thing to them? Like I know religiously, yeah, ethnicity thing. yeah, yeah
0: I wouldn't. Yeah. You, you when you want to like apply for like the right of return to be considered Jewish, you know, ethnically, whatever part of the nation of Israel, then you just need to prove. I think that like a maternal grandmother is
1: Jewish. Something like that. So you just need to prove that and then all of a sudden you're Jewish.
0: if you're yeah, if you're if your mom's mom is Jewish, then your mom is Jewish, and if your mom's Jewish,
1: then you're Jewish. Like oh my god. Way. I'm sure if I digged in like really, really deep into my family, because like we had Libyan Jews, I could probably pull someone that was Jewish and be like, guys, I'm now Jewish. <laughs> I yeah. Land.
0: Yeah. I don't know if like they how would work if like uh, someone who like is visibly Muslim does that. Honestly, I, I don't think anyone has tried, but that would be interesting. Hey, I can go
1: in as the first. I'll, I'll be like, if it's like my great, 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 great grandma is Jewish. So y'all need to hand me over that citizenship, guys
0: yeah maybe it would work honestly but I don't know if they would be like okay well you have to renounce Islam or something I don't know if they would say that like uh, or they would I don't know honestly how it would work I don't think
1: they'd even let me get that far I think they'd be like nah no, bro that's a bit too far liar <laughs> yeah. we sort of went on like a tangent but like honestly the best um, conversations are with tangents and like rants and theories and little chit chats so I think it was great I thought it was a great tangent
0: a good tangent yeah I mean tangents are always nice <laughs>
1: yeah they're like I don't know they're they're fun I like them um but going back to what we were talking about like our main goal was to talk about discriminatory laws and just how they have effects but I think there are so many and like just like from what I understand like the right to to, to residency and just like the right to return and all these rights like which are great like I think they're amazing mm. if they included everyone and did not discriminate but because like like, and there's one specific law that really bugs me and that's right to family life. So the ban on family unification. And I don't know if you've heard about this, but it was basically introduced as an emergency regulation in 2003 following the outbreak of the second intifada in, in the early 2000s. So it basically prevents family unification when one spouse is an Israeli citizen and the other is a resident of the occupied territories. Um. So basically how this law would affect palestinians and it does affect thousands it basically affects a thousand palestinian families who have um family members who have been split apart or moved abroad or live in israel or the state of israel um in the fear of and they also carry the fear of constant deportation because of this because they've been basically separated and they don't really have that much contact with each other aside from like i guess calling and like video call but like to see each other and to move around to like you know just be there for each other isn't the like it's not an option all the time and I think that like that law really bugs me because like I just like you've taken so much you could just let them have their family
0: I mean yeah I mean it's basically the same it's in a way it's the same law that I described it's just like at least the same thing I mean like when you when you Marry yeah. basically when you marry someone, you can't reunite with them, you can't give them citizenship, so you can't reunite. If you can't give them citizenship, then they can't live in Israeli territory, so they can't reunite. It's, it's basically this, the same, the same shebang, just another law for the same thing with like the same outcomes, basically.
1: But like the, yeah. the issue that really bugs me is like that this law keeps getting renewed. And like last year in June, it was renewed. And um, I believe this is from what my notes say. It is the 15th year of this law becoming. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it makes it, I think, from what I, why I highlighted the 15 years is because once a law hits 15 years in the state of Israel, it becomes a permanent law. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that right there is. That was like the most disgusting thing I've ever had to like discuss because like, like that's like, that's wrong. Like, I think, I don't know, like as much as you can be against a certain group or you can be against like people, but to make people choose between their families or like living in a certain area or just because you don't have the same citizenship, like that's, that's wrong. And I don't know how like nobody's like, I've never like really heard about that, like, like in full depth. So I was like really shocked by that too
0: yeah and it just yeah I mean I'm I'm not shocked anymore (laughs) I (laughs) I would have been a few years ago
1: I'm so shocked I can't tell if anyone else can tell but I'm like I'm like I wrote all this down (laughs) I don't know why I wasn't shocked when I was writing it down like now I'm reading it out and I'm like huh like I wrote it down like it was so cheery and fun and I even highlighted it in colors but I I I don't know why it didn't hit me like oh my god that's disgusting like that basically reminds me of like you know when um in the U.S. when there was a lot of that talk about migration and like borders and we had families going in like from Latin America or people seeking asylum and kids would be taken from their mothers and fathers that basically reminds me of that but like but this is a permanent law in a country that's dubbed like the America of the Middle East so Mm -hmm. I mean it's not far I guess the apple doesn't fall far from the tree but yeah it's fun yeah i mean it's just like i asked it's not surprising
0: but yeah there's just like all these lots of times they try to like um kind of conceal it um to make it seem like it's not discriminatory like these ones are just straight up discriminatory because it says like um you can't reunite if you know, you're Palestinian, but you can, if like you're Jewish and you can bring someone from like another country, but some of them are just like, so like, they try to like, they, oh, but, but they try to use their logic and other things to justify it. Like, for example, one is like um, the fact that let's say most uh, Palestinians from East Jerusalem don't have citizenship. So they try to like, you know, Play mind games with you and be like, like when I when I bring it up, like Sinus will be like, oh well, yeah, they're they're not citizenships because they're not citizens because their parents aren't citizen citizens. So even though they're born, um, in Israel, you don't get in Israel. You don't get um, citizenship by birth. You get citizenship if your parents have citizenship. You don't get automatic citizenship citizenship by birth like you do in Canada or the states. Like it's just a different law. Europe does it too. If you're born in Sweden, you don't get automatic citizenship. By being born there, your parents have to have um, like citizenship. They try to say that, and you're like, mm, okay, that makes sense. But in reality, it doesn't because if you're Jewish, then you always have the the chance to get citizenship uh-huh. because you're Jewish, right? So you're never gonna have that problem. So, like, let's say, um, let's say, like, my child, let's say I'm like I'm Jewish. I never convert to Islam. If my child is born, and let's say I'm not a citizen, okay, if my child is born um, on Israeli land, you know, Israeli really occupied land. Um, Yeah, they won't get automatic citizenship, but in a way they will because they're Jewish. (laughs) So basically, there's no way for a Palestinian to get citizenship by birth if their parents aren't citizens. So for example, my husband, he's born in Jerusalem, he's lived there his whole life, he's never left. But he's not a citizen. Citizen, and they'll defend it by being like, "Oh, but it's because his parents aren't citizens." But then, how is he supposed to get the citizenship? They're like, "Oh, because you know, but like, fifty years ago, sixty years ago, during the or the nineteen sixties, they refused citizenship, so now none of them have citizenship." So it just it's like a domino effect. Since your parents don't have citizenship, you don't have citizenship, and then his kids won't have citizenship.
1: But it doesn't like that's sorry to cut you on that point, but I've heard that argument so many times in like. Twitter space debates, but um the thing is, like, okay, you can say, like, his parents or his grandparents refused, you know, the citizenship, but there was a reason for that, but also he, he or anyone else didn't, like, they didn't have a choice, they weren't born, they exactly. didn't, know. so I think, like, the validity the validity of that like argument or that point like if the israeli government was offering it to every person like hey, you have this choice you can be stateless or you can be a citizen and they personally mm-hmm. he chose like nah, bro, i'm not going to take your citizenship screw you like okay that's on him and you know what i understand and i support that but if he took it okay that's great that's on you and that's on you but he exactly. was went- <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, so that dropped my friend. No, it's okay. I honestly, I feel like my siblings, which are twins, are going to come home soon and it's going to be loud. So I, I brace everyone for that. But yeah, I've had, <laughs> but leave- yeah,
0: it's just, it's like really sneaky also because because of the lack of citizenship. Then it, it, it affects so much more things. They're like, oh, they can't vote. Oh, but it's not because you're Arab. It's because you're not a citizen. But realistically, who are the only people there who are not citizens? The only people. Living there who are not citizens are Palestinians because there's two options. You're either Jewish or you're Palestinian. Like those are the two options, basically, you know, so it's not like, oh, you can't vote because you're Palestinian. You can't vote because you're not a citizen, but you're not a citizen because you're not Jewish, because if you were Jewish, you get automatic citizenship. So it's just such a sneaky way to do it, to be like, oh, no, we're respecting laws. We're not we're not saying you can't vote based on your religion or ethnicity, we're saying it's based on your your you know status in the country, but then the status of the country is really in the end is based on your religion.
1: And like that's something like you know what like I definitely like I think that law is so stupid. Like it's a stupid law in Palestine. It's a stupid law in many countries. I think like if you are born in a country i think you should be offered some type of citizenship let alone your own country like let alone your own like you're indigenous to that land and you're like not getting offered it because like that's ridiculous in my mind but like like to, at the
0: least if you're not offered it don't make it so complicated to receive it because at the end of the day a lot there are some uh, many cases where where increasingly Palestinians from East Jerusalem, because there's many articles on this are requesting for, for citizenship, but they make this process really difficult. And then the average wait time to get to get it is like four years. And even at then there's like, oh gosh, how many was it? Like a, a, it was a large percentage um, that is just denied for no reason. They're like, oh yeah, your citizenship is denied. So like the least they can do, like even if they're not going to be offering it, at least don't deny people as much as you are and don't make it so difficult it's just ridiculous it's very sad and you have to like prove all these things like I said you have to it's even like insulting be like oh I will not hurt the nation of it it's like insulting you know it's like what do you see me as just like a violent animal that I have to like yeah. promise you that I won't like murder people once you give me rights it's it's like the jews don't have to do that you know when they apply for citizenship they don't have to prove that they're 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 nonviolent. it's very insulting and like it's dehumanizing honestly like when i read those those questions i really felt like disgusted and i was like ugh, what the hell it was horrible honestly.
1: that's like a good point to bring out like dehumanizing disgusting and it's a complex thing Like, it's like a complex thing. It's like, I almost want to say it's like a savior theory, but like, you don't really get saved in any way, and there's no benefit Mm -hmm. to you, whatever. But like, we all know about the Holocaust, and we all know what happened in the persecution of like Jews and minorities within Germany and Europe. But like, for I honestly was always so confused. I was like, for people that have been persecuted for so long historically, like, throughout the ages, like, there's a lot of persecution going on now, and I feel like it's like, it's, like, almost being, like, revamped, and, like, like, do you remember, like, when um in World War II, Jews had to wear, like, the Star of David? Yeah. That's basically, like, and people felt like, they felt like um a target was put on their back because of that, and they felt like it was dehumanizing and all these things, but I feel like that's the same thing when you make people go through all these questions and, like, have to, you know, like, pledge allegiance and, like, have to go through this process, it's dehumanizing the same sense, like, they might not be wearing yeah.
0: They yeah, might you're seen as like an other and yeah, seen you're, as like a threat, you know. It's yeah, like, you're an like,
1: other exactly. It's like the star of David, but you don't have a star of David on your back or shirt or whatever. You just sort of are stateless and you are at a disadvantage than everyone else. And I think this ties back to like just this like straight out discriminatory, like. Honestly, I feel like I'd have a higher chance at this point if I was like my great-grandma is Jewish than getting than someone else getting a citizenship, and that's like crazy for me to think. Mm-hmm. That's, exactly, that's really weird. But or like some random
0: Canadian who never had any relationship to Jewish yeah. can find out on like on like twenty three and me that they're like, oh look, it says I'm forty percent Jewish, and then they do a bit of background and they're like, oh,
1: turns out my grand my grandmother's
0: mother was Jewish, and then they can.
1: That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, damn, look, I might as well do a paternity test or something, DNA test, yeah, and like reach back and figure this out. Cause I'm sure if I if we all I bet if we all dig deep enough, we will have a Jewish ancestor. There's no way we don't. So yeah, yeah. but yeah, folks aside. Um yeah, a lot of these laws that we went after, like the right to family, the um, sorry, the right to residency, right to return all of these sort of tie back to, it is a dehumanizing process and and they are laws that put the Palestinian people at a disadvantage. And they cause a lot of the turmoil, I think. Like these laws do push mm-hmm. for the turmoil that we see in Palestine. I think if like, and this is my theory and I know a lot of people don't like this theory, but I think like if, you know, the state of Israel, like I'm not saying I support them or anything, but if they had given more rights and been more like fair, we wouldn't see the conflict. And I think there would be like a way for communication. I think there would be dialogue mm-hmm. because, but if you're pushing a people to like a corner and then you expect them to be like, oh, like, okay, like you guys are the best. Like, um, I don't think that's going to happen. And I think everyone acknowledges that, but I think like if there was more of like a respect between like both sides, but also like there needs to be something given, like you can't expect respect if you don't give something and you're pushing people to like the edge, literally. So- yeah. I think these laws do affect the turmoil that we see and the conflict that we see and, like, the countless deaths and, like, violence.
0: And, of course, we're just, like, talking about, like, laws that are actual laws set in stone, but this is not to say that there's, like, stuff that aren't put in law that just are discriminatory. For example, like, the treatment of, like, um, let's say how a settler settler violence would be treated versus, like, how, like, kids throwing stones would be treated. Like, they're not treated yeah. in, the, in the same degree, like... You know the i've seen many a lot of settler violence and th- shooting even and throwing of, of rocks and they throw things and the, the the there's no law for it but the the soldiers are like eh, all good and then when, if a kid throws a stone it's like a palestinian kid throws a stone it's like whoa so well, obviously these are there's what i mean going to get into these because that's it's not like a solid evidence that we could bring forward and be like this is a law yeah. Like oh yeah but there's no fear it's just there's always going to be the odd guy out like just in general you know police brutality and all that but it's it's much more common it's not just like a one-off and there are laws but they're also we're not talking about the non-laws that are just a reality that happen like discrimination so
1: yeah i just wanted to point that out yeah, and i think that's a good thing to point out because i think a lot of people do like I think people think like, oh, like, you know, these things happen, but they're not actually in a constitution. There's no way a country would ever legislate this. That's wrong. It's mm-hmm. 2022. We don't do that. Like, but no, 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 we, there are countries.
0: They do. That do that. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I'm not saying like, it, we're talking just about Palestine and Israel, but like this, there are laws in all kind, con- like a lot of countries that are discriminatory towards a lot of minorities or not even minorities, just groups of people. And I think like, just we as like, maybe it's just our generation but we like to think that we've made everything so much better and we've protested and the world's like getting better but I feel like it's really not I think it's getting better for like certain people and not for everyone because I don't like the Palestinian situation I don't see it getting better I think it's getting worse Mm -hmm. like there's a lot more of course there's a lot more tension and I think like in like, maybe this is just Arab countries, or, like, maybe just, like, African countries, but I see the situation getting worse, it's not getting any better, like, whether it be in Afghanistan, or whether it be in, you know, anywhere, really, at this point, like, I'm seeing it just get constantly worse, but that's just, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, and like you said before, of, like, the the law, if there weren't so many bad laws, it wouldn't be, like, as tense, and I agree because sometimes like people will ask, they're like, okay, but there's like a lot of times there's like terror attacks and this and that. Like, what is your solution? Like, I, I don't, I don't say I think I have or I know I don't have the solution to like end the conflict or the conflict. Or when people ask, like, oh, what's the solution? I, I see like the first thing is is like to remove discriminatory laws, allow the right of return, just treat wow. to both sides as equals, and you'll see when people are treated like humans and equals and they don't have all these discriminatory laws then the other stuff follow sweet but suit sweet i don't know, suit
1: um,
0: other people are they, they they think like oh yeah but the reason we have laws is because like it's preventative we don't l- l- allow for the reunification of families because it's preventative what if what if you can't live by like you know, in a way that like, oh, we're we're doing these bad things, like discriminatory things just to prevent anything bad happening. No, that's, that's not sustainable because in the long run, it makes things worse. If you're saying, okay, yeah, like let's say Muslim people can't enter the park because, you know, they can be a danger. Like let's say Canada did that. It doesn't make sense. Like it's going to make Muslims angrier and more likely to, you know, like have protests and this and that and then violence escalates from there. It just doesn't make sense to in order for it to be like the first step to peace, at least in my opinion, is be like allow the right of return for all people. We can't just do one side and just like like implement like slowly removal of settlements. That's one thing that causes so much issues. And then like stop these laws, like allow reunification of families slowly, slowly. Like I, I understand you can't do it all in one shot. It can be chaos. But slow, at least try, you know, slowly, slowly. Like just stop being having horrible discriminatory laws, and this is gonna have an effect. People once people
1: feel that they're part of a society, then they want to live as part of the society in peace. Yeah, there's room for like dialogue and there's room for like a conversation to begin and there's room for i think understanding because i think people like don't like don't acknowledge this but like um throughout history palestine has always been a melting pot for different religions whether it be from exactly the or
0: ethnicities even yeah, and and ethnicities.
1: nationalities yeah it's always been like muslims jews christians and living side by side i'm not going to say they were like besties but they like didn't mm-hmm. like, kill each other they weren't like fighting each other and like even during the crusades from like europe when um the crusades went to like the holy land which is palestine muslim um i believe it was quoted in one of like somebody's journal that was written later on it was stated that for three days and three nights there was just blood without the city like there was a river of blood and they killed more christians than they killed muslims because you couldn't tell them apart like they mm-hmm. looked exactly the same yeah so Like that, I'm not saying that to be like, oh, wait, way to go, Muslims, you survived. But like, you can't, like, there was just no difference. They lived side by side. They were neighbors. They were friends. And I think like, there is a chance for that like if they could do that for like centuries then I think like if there was room for dialogue and there was room for like to get rid of all these laws that affected them so negatively there would be room for some type of conversation Mm -hmm. and that would start like the healing process and maybe like eventually one day it could lead to something more but I think there needs to be like something given to be given exactly
0: Yeah, these things take time. We can't expect change, but there's also like a reason for frustration. People don't, you know, there's frustration for a reason. The reason there's war and like, let's say when Hamas threatens to like throw rockets, it's not just, hey, because we're bored, let's have fun. It's because usually Israel violates some type of like <laughs> Palestinian human right. And they're like, you know, you can't do that. I mean, Palestinians are frustrated <laughs> and understandably so. Yeah. Like sometimes when I go through all these like checkpoints, when I went through like um even I'm not even Palestinian, I went through like horrible like checkpoints and security checks through like at the airport. I was so frustrated and like yeah. that's just one day of my life. Imagine having it every day. It like I was like, wow, I f- understand the frustration and hostility that some people feel toward you not like, oh I love this day, yo love my love to you. Let me fight for you. And, you know, in the IDF, if your life is just, you know, constantly made hell because of the state,
1: you know? Yeah. And I think that's like a good, like, that's like, I don't like, I don't personally have those experiences, but I think like with you stating those experiences and like having both sides, like, you know, you have family members that don't go through that and you didn't go through that for a while. Then now you go through it and see how it is. Like, I think that's like a good point because it's not just like theoretical. It's not just a statistic. I think it's like, it's a mm-hmm. real experience and exactly. you can relate better than I could ever relate like yes. frustrating but like I like me just looking at numbers I'm like oh my god this is ridiculous but you're like yeah like yeah just it's a thing it just happens and I'm like oh my god and I'm like freaking out and you're like no no this happens yeah exactly so yeah, I mean, yeah that's
0: <laughs> those are some of the laws that for sure much more laws you know like building permits and this and that. <laughs> like
1: you know that law. like I know we okay we've like decided and you guys can tell us like in our our like social media platform if you guys want to comment or like dm us and tell us if you Think, like 30 minutes or half an hour is not enough but we've decided for half an hour and I know our time's like sort mm-hmm. of coming out but like I think one law that I sort of read about but was really like messed up about was the and I'm, I don't even know the law's name to be honest with you guys I didn't even bother writing it down it was the <laughs> law that they just introduced about um couples and like partners and w- I was sort of shocked by that but like also like just disgusted like that's like an invasion of privacy and I think M can like you want you can explain it more. I can explain it more, but that law was really messed up. Like just you have to declare who you dating and what. Like like what?
0: Oh yeah, like for for foreigners who who are basically fall in love with someone in the West Bank, like a Palestinian in the West Bank, they need to like inform um, the Israeli government for some reason, and then they have to like um, if they get married. They have they can't stay like more than two years they have to leave after like two years um for like a cooling off period whatever that means for so for at least half a year they have to i don't know what that means <laughs> like you have to cool off like they we'll um, find so for yeah, half
1: a year and then come back
0: it's, it's basically discouraging you know the population increase of palestinians
1: oh. in the west bank
0: you know because oh. if, if they're making it so complicated then people will be discouraged from moving starting families there with like foreigners you know for example but jews on the other end they can bring like their wives from all over from canada okay and you make a family here then someone brings their husband from i don't know france and then they make babies and then you know what i mean so that's a popular. you see a popular. you'll see a population increase with the jews and they're trying to i think offset the population growth of palestinians because they have like more children on average than israelis so maybe they're trying to like offset Population growth. That's what, like, it seems to me. Just
1: like, I get it. Like, you're trying to get better at something, like reproducing. I mean, good, good luck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good luck. We, I think, Arabs just generally and <laughs> have more kids. <laughs> yeah, just love just having kids. kids yeah. Um, <laughs> we just try for that. We try to have as many sons as we can. <laughs> um, not even just that, but we just like having kids, quote unquote, love kids. Anyway, but no, I think that's just an invasion of privacy. Like, that's just.
0: Yeah, and they also have like quotas on the, in that same law. They also include like quotas for like students for student visas and for like foreign lecturers. So they're discouraging others from like studying abroad to, in Palestinian universities. They have these quotas that they don't have any limits for Israeli, Israeli like for students studying in Israeli institutions. They don't have any limit for student visas, but they have like a, a quota of 150.
1: which is not a lot. (laughs) That's that's like ridiculous. Like you're basically hindering like somebody's education. You're hindering like a system, like you're basically hindering a generation and their Mm -hmm. education. And I think that's like disgusting because we see like on Twitter you see the news of where like schools like UN designated schools are being bombed or <laughs> attacked and it's like but those are schools like what does Hamas have to do with that like what does anyone have to and you just see kids like uh-huh. in their schools or in their homes where there was nothing going on and I think for me like when I look at that I'm like you're you're per-. it's not like it's like by accident I feel like it and this is just my like speculation i think it's like purposely done because you can bomb someone so many times and then they're going to give up eventually like building again and going through that process to spend it's money you're spending money to rebuild to mm-hmm. renovate and also like you're but you're also interrupting someone's education because if you bomb a place like it's going to take a couple of days to find a new place you know figure out what you're going to do so you're hindering somebody's education which affects a generation which later on affects a society and an economy And your family, because if you have uneducated parents, you're not, your kids are probably not going to learn the best. Or, you know, it just, it's like a domino effect. You affect one thing, it affects another thing. And I think that's like an end goal, which is really unfortunate because I think like, especially with all the tension, I think both sides should work together and to resolve the issue. And I don't think, I don't know if it ever will happen, but I, I hope so because I think like there can definitely be some type of like agreement like if there was like if it was just honest and fair but I think I'm so like optimistic that I just think I'm dreaming I'm dreaming of my optimism yeah. you know we can have dreams yeah yeah it's it's just sad, <laughs>
0: it's, sad. Yeah. it's like very sneaky Also, like I said it before and the way they do it, it's like oh we're not we're not saying you can't do this but like they make things difficult so that people you know don't reproduce they make things difficult so that people leave the country so they're not saying hey we're kicking out all palestinians because they can't do that because that looks bad you know it looks too bad you know they can't justify it so they will just make life difficult and like i said by not making them sorry. <laughs> By not making Palestinians like citizens then they their status status in the country is not like secure so let's say if they leave yeah. the country for three years they lose residency status and then they might not be able to ever come back right yeah that's one way of kicking out Palestinians <laughs> so yeah. they have many ways of kicking out Palestinians uh, by making life really
1: just not hard.
0: fun yeah and that's why many Palestinians leave. And many Palestinians are like, okay, my life is horrible here, but I refuse to leave because I know that's what they want. Like I've spoken to like a taxi driver and I was saying like, okay, I'm not from here, but like, I don't know. I was thinking of living here, but now I'm like, I, I can't do it. It's too difficult. And he's like, yeah, but that's what they want. Life is difficult here, but you're in a holy land. You're in the most like beautiful land in the world. And I'm never going to leave, even though my life like really sucks here sometimes.
1: And that's, like, something I admire, like, their resistance and their resilience, like, that's, like, always been really, like, like, even though, like, you, (laughs) they're really pushed to the edge, like, they're absolutely persecuted to the point where, like, I would just wave my hands and give up. Like, I'd be like, I can't do this. But like generation upon generation, especially those families that have lost their homes and lost everything, but they refuse to leave and they just keep starting over. Like, I have a lot of respect for them because like, that's really hard. And like, I would have thrown yeah. the towel in, but they they're they like, have no. a lot of resilience. Yeah, they're very resilient yeah. for sure. So, and that's uh, an- admirable uh, for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. They're really cool. I think they're- I think they're great. So I honestly wish I had all their strength because that's like a lot. Like that's that's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: yeah. So I think I think we should like conclude here because we're not gonna go over every single law. We're not honestly, gonna be able to go over everything, but um, but yeah. If you guys have like, if you guys do want to hear about more laws or any elaborations on certain laws, you guys can let us know on our social medias. Um
1: or this if you guys have any like topics or like oh yeah any topics to cover, sure, we're more than happy to like cover them and research them um and just like <laughs> talk about them talk about them and again we're not experts I'm not, an expert. not no, an expert I'm not an expert we're not experts
0: we're just talking about things that are interesting to us
1: yeah and, <laughs> and we ever- want to talk about things that are interesting to you as well so let us know yeah and like if you guys ever need like our if anyone ever questions our sources or need sources like we're more than happy like like if you guys like today a majority of my stuff was from the Algeria uh, Alge- oh not Algeria but Al Jazeera documentary that I watched and the article that they wrote and um there is an online database if you want to visit that was actually I think um um, you say, stated it was in it's Adela, yeah. yeah they have a database where they they basically link all these laws and they go into depth about them and it's really good and I'm, and I think it's a great like tool and I think it's a good archive piece to have because I learned a lot from there but it's just so in depth that like it's hard to get everything but there's a lot in there so mm-hmm. yeah if anyone it's, wants those we are more than happy to share them or you can DM me and I can link that or one of us can link that.
0: Oh, yeah. That's okay. good. So well, thank you for joining us. And we'll see you next time for a new topic, which we have not yet decided.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll discuss one for sure. Have a good rest of your day if you're listening or have a good night if it's night. Um, bye. <laughs> or morning
0: or whatever. Whatever. <laughs> <today>. <laughs> have a good rest of whatever. <laughs> bye bye.